This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 686, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Five Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 686. I'm Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. It's hot. Oh, is it? It's hot. I'm sweaty. Is our first It's Hot complaint of the year? Yeah, I just wanted to get out of the way. Also, I was a little excited about it. You know, it's like when the <laughs> when the birds return in the spring. People's hearts turn to love, and Josh starts complaining about the heat. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I just closed all my windows and doors, uh, you know, for noise reasons, and it's going to get stuffy in here real quick. Yep. We are iFanboy, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book, call it the pick of the week. The worst is when I forget to reopen them, and then by the end of the day, I'm like, why is it so hot in here? Oh, right, because I closed everything for the show. I do that in the summer, I do that. And then, like, at, like, 4.30, I'm like, what? What's happening? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about the heat. We'll talk about other comics we read. We'll talk about uh, the patron pick, a uh, listener mail if we have time. Unlike last week, we didn't have time, but we're going to make time this week by not and, going and so long on every book we talk about. Thankfully, I was able to just cut and paste the mail from last week, so that was a win <laughs> for me. Last week, we had all these event books, and we ended up going so long on each one. It's, mm-hmm. it's not our fault. Not our fault. It'll be fun. It's literally our fault. It is our fault. <laughs> no one no else one. Is, we we are in charge. There's no buck to pass. The buck stops here. You did it. No, you did it. I think we both did it. Yeah, okay. It's Ryan's fault. It'll be fun. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Exercise some caution. This week, I have to say the shocking pick is by Josh Flanagan. The shocking pick is uh, maybe the worst title of a book that's ever been pick of the week. Uh, is Deceased number two. Um, mm-hmm. You may remember this as a zombie book, although they say it's not zombies, uh, that we, we read. It wasn't a – was it a patron pick? It was a patron pick. It was a patron pick. And I, I, this, listen, here's the story. The story here is that I think Tom Taylor's going to be the guy. He's been around a while. Yeah, I know. But lately, I don't know if he's just been in front of me and I was – but lately, all of the things that I've read, they come across I'm like, oh, he's, he's got the stuff here. He's Same thing good. that we've said about all the other guys, and you know, there's there's guys and gals. I'm using I'm using it that way, but I, I you know throughout I liked that last issue, despite the fact that I don't like the premise of the issue, mm-hmm. or, or not not even I don't like it. I just wouldn't have picked it up. Like it's incredibly on. fun. Yeah, and I think uh, it's important to note that when we did talk about DC's number one, we both said we liked it, and, we, and I said I was going to keep reading it. And you said you might keep reading yeah. it, and you, sh- and you said. You should just make sure I don't forget about it. Right. And so this week I said, hey, doing my job, don't forget about deceased number two. I, I should note I had already – I got – I had not forgotten about it. But okay, I appreciate Okay, I'm just making sure because I, I, I had just read it. I was like, oh, that was really, really good. Yeah. He shouldn't miss that. Yep. Um, and, and so I read all my books and – I think the only thing that really stuck out, like, this is a thing I can talk about, this is a thing that, that I can I can put some oomph behind, and really mean it, was was Deceased. You know, because be, you'll be reading the books, and you go, was this one? I don't know, you make some mental notes, and then you go all the way through them, and then afterwards, I sort of looked at, looked at you know, the titles of all the different things that I read, and I was like, oh my goodness, Deceased is, <laughs> is, is, the, is the pick of the week, and I'm good with that. Um, I really do give... Most of the credit to the story. Um, Cherry Hairsign, guy's been around around a good long time. Is a uh, is a veteran. Is fine. It's not my favorite thing, but you know it definitely worked in here. There's a lot. I of, like this. I like the style for the um, book. I think it works. Yeah. The only the only thing I noticed, and it, does, it doesn't matter because it's an Elseworlds book for all right. its purposes, is that you know Damien is like twenty. Well, that's here. not. That's I don't think that's anybody's fault at this point. <laughs> 
you know? I'm like, just saying, in size-wise, not the way he's written, I mean, but, like, he's, honestly, he's if drawn you were, very big. If you were working on one of these books and you called the Batman office and you were like, how old is Damien? They'd be like, prank caller, and then hang up. Like, <laughs> they, there's no... There's no way to do that. I do like the way that the book was was or the art was produced. It's uh, ironically, I don't know if that's ironic. Inker on this was uh, Stefano Gaudiano, who uh, did his last issue of The Walking Dead this week, so he has some experience inking the end of. He's the been world. pigeonholed. Yeah, exactly. You better change your name, man. Um, uh, I, I I liked it. it. Had a dirty, like kind of yeah. rough look to it. Um, I like the way that Harrison draws people. They're sort of lanky. I think um, they're, the, not, they're not giant like Ed McGinnis character. Yeah. You know, Superman's kind of lanky. Like I like that kind of look to them. I think um, the body language and posture on everybody is really good. Yeah. My, my point with that is that I'm not going to sit here and be like, "This art's amazing." Like it's really good. It does its job. It doesn't. It doesn't make me weep with joy. But but I, but it's it's the right thing for this thing. That's sort of what I'm getting at. Um. So you've got this this story where. I mean, it's a zombie story, but basically it's transmitted through um, smartphones uh, and screens and things like that, which, you know, I, I don't know why anyone isn't dead at this point other than grandma's. The, mu- the, the mutated anti-life equation. Right, that's right, which is pretty brilliant, too, in making this, yeah. it's almost a better, it, it makes more sense than, like, whatever Marvel zombies did, but also Marvel zombies didn't care, so I kind of like that about it, too. Um right. And I think that my favorite scenes were the ones with with um, Ollie and Hal and and uh, Dinah. Yeah, they were good. I really like they. It actually overlapped a little with the Green Lantern this week because because Oliver Queen was in that too. But I really liked the the way that Ollie sort of gets on top of Hal, you know, for for being kind of like yeah this. This Ollie and also the one in the other book, which we're not going to talk about, uh, were basically not the Ollie in the other book, in his solo book. Yeah. This is the old school. This is Oliver Queen. This is old school Oliver Queen, and that's the best Oliver Queen. This is Oliver Queen from The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> Before that. You know, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, maybe that was just the the where I got that. I was like, oh, this is what I want out of this character. Um, and, you know, the scene of them at the campfire was great. You know, and <laughs> they play... <laughs> They play uh, I Will Always Love You uh, on a bowstring <laughs> with uh, her singing. And then, you know, the, you know Hal goes and checks his phone. And they're camping, so they don't know what's going on, um, which is which is a stretch, but I buy it. Um, sure. You know, and, and like they make it, he makes a little, just a little some structure stuff in here where he's like, if she sings, won't she kill us? And, then, you know, Ollie makes fun of him for that. And, yeah. you know, then she has to turn her, her power on him because he's so powerful that he'll just kill them and destroy everything uh, when he goes zombified. And then the the best turn of that is that she kills him and the ring's right. like, all right, this one's done. Need a new one. You, well, I don't want to be Green Lantern. Too I bad. Doesn't matter. You know, Superman shows up and he's like, take it. You need, We need it. Let's go. Um, we don't got time to fuck around. Then you see that, then you have a really good scene where, uh, where Batman has been infected and he knows it and he found a way to slow it down by putting on the goddamn brilliant Mr. Freeze outfit, which I, I was like, that's so the good. Bubble head. Uh, not even just the visual of it. Like I was like, that's just smart DC comicking, you know? Yeah. Like he, he that was the cliffhanger in issue one was that Nightwing was infected. Right. And he, and he was, he basically, he was pouncing on Batman as, yeah. the, as the cliffhanger. And we didn't get the resolution because we jump to Batman's already been infected. Don't know what happened to Nightwing. And 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 Alfred is standing behind him with a shotgun. It's a great panel. It's so good, and it's just it's like in the same way that I think that we had talked about how Donny Cates was using um, 
Marvel characters, you know, a year or so ago. I'm seeing that same kind of thing in here or what Ethan Sachs has been doing. You're very right. I didn't make that connection, but this is very much feels like the Donny Cates of Tom of DC. Tom Taylor, who I said before, has been around for a while, is slowly creeping up the ladder yeah. of of you know the, the any any creative medium has a ladder of priorities, you know, of people who are given higher you know priority work and he's creeping up he should be on more high profile stuff. Yep. He's very, very good at this. But if it takes sort of digging out these sort of genre books that they've got them on and, and the, you know, the whatever the video game spinoffs or whatever, um, which is part of the reason I probably missed it, missed a lot of the work. Um, yeah, it's sure. just, just a fun issue. Like, I was like, oh, that's a great DC comic um, with, with, a, with a concept that should have been tired and awful, basically. Um, yeah. And, and the ending is a legitimately like shocking, sad, mm-hmm. exciting ending. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we we gave you the spoiler warning. So the payoff of the shotgun in it's not in the first act, but it's here mm-hmm. in which, you know, Batman, it, it progresses to the point where Alfred has to use the shotgun. And it was a great page. That's a great page. Yes, it is. Uh, the the storytelling is really strong. And um, I also really like the idea that I mean, this is because this is Elseworlds or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Um when they get infected, they're dead. There's no coming back from it. Right. Like, they're not, like, when Batman gets infected, there's no, there's no saving him. And it's one of the few times where I've believed the relationship between Damien and Bruce Wayne. Like, yes. he goes to tell him something, and he, he's stuttering, you know, he, he can't get it out, you know, and, and Damien's facade drops, and he cares, and there needs to be more of that to make us give a shit about this horrible, annoying character. I didn't like that. Well, I guess it makes sense that he's giving... Damien the cow since Nightwing is dead. Sure. Although, once again, I guess Tim's out playing basketball with Richie Cunningham's brother. But um, This is Elseworld, man. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I agree. With, I mean, I I had a couple of books that were that I thought if I had to pick, I'd be, t- I'd be trying to pick between, but this is definitely one of them. This is, this is incredibly fun. I probably would I think I was going to read issue one anyway if it had been the patron pick. Mm-hmm. You probably weren't. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad it was a patron pick because um, you y- would be a bummer if you missed out on this, I think. Yeah, and it's just the right balance of like, it's this, all this stuff that's dark, but the book didn't feel dark. No, it's kind of, it's it's silly at the end of the day. Yes, I and mean, that's the, the way it needs to be. It's zombies, you know, so. But, I you know, they're I'm, scary, but they're also kind I'm, of I'm looking at this cover right here, you know, and it's, uh, there's the title and it's just zombies trying to eat Batman. There's no way I would ever pick this up in a billion years. No, that's what's great about yep. the patron pick. So surprises are fun. Um, cool. I'm glad you liked it. I, I, re- I really enjoyed it. It's fun. Check it out. It's a six-issue miniseries. Um, not too late to jump on if, you're, no. if you haven't tried it yet. Uh, I'm guessing The War of the Realms number five would have been up there for you. Yes. It was one, It was in the mix. Um, this issue was kind of the – it's that scene in the Marvel movie – yeah. Well, uh, it's that scene in the Avengers Marvel movie where they're, everyone's fighting at the same time. You just kind of keep cutting back and forth. Yes. That's kind of what this issue was. So it wasn't like big on character development. There was no big – I don't remember there being any big moments, but it was more like – it was that scene in Endgame where everyone is fighting at the same time. That's what yeah, this issue it's, was. It's the, the, the build-up to the Daniel Mall. Right, which was fun. And yes. uh, you, you turn a page and another group of people showed up and Wolverine's with the Warriors 3 and Kazar's jumping out of a – airship with his knife and somehow captain Britain has the ebony blade like it's all it's all fun 
Yeah, and also like it, I think it gives us the much needed sense of of forward progress now. Like mm-hmm. we've gotten a sense of where everybody is, what they're doing, what's going on with the world and everything and like okay, this is the thing now. So there's going to be a turning point and and I think it's time for that. Right. Um Yeah, it was really fun. I don't know that there was much I could because of that it wasn't you're right, it didn't have like that moment or anything. It was just it was a, it was a good place to hang around for a little while. So at the end when you know, Thor is incapacitated. He's, there, he'd gone and he'd gone into the sun to re, sort of rebuild, and I assume that's where Mjolnir will come back. Um, we almost get some some Thor peen. Uh, <laughs> there, was some, a, there was some Odin. timeline jumping that that was yeah. confusing. That, I think there's that, so many books. We talked about the Blizzard of books, and yeah. this week was no different. Um, Odin and Freya are incapacitated in Stonehenge by Malekith, and so. Jane says there must always be a Thor. Sometimes there must be more than one. So she, you know, hits her hammer on the ground to become Thor. She's wearing a straight out of Compton t-shirt. I didn't even notice. Does it actually say Compton or is it one of those pithy? Straight out, straight out of something. Chemo cancer. Something could be, but I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. The weird thing is though, uh, I didn't read any other books this other than the tie-ins. Like there was a t- Iron Man tie-in and a Captain Marvel tie-in and whatever. I didn't read any of the, any of the minis this week. Uh-huh. I read the so one, it was, it which we'll didn't talk feel about. as blizzardy to me. But it was a uh, this was a this was like the art. This was like the action showcase issue. Yeah, it was just there was a bit where Thor showed up. Um, he pops through a, the head of a um, a frost giant. And then, you know, he's he's fighting and he says, and then the next page is the sun now. So that's where the near Thorpeen is. Right. And I and I was like, wait a minute. They're, where, where were we before? Because gives you, it gives you place names, yes. but it doesn't give you time. Right. Yeah, I actually had that same thought. Because we were going through the, the battle as it currently stands. You know, they're in yeah. London. They're in New York. They're wherever. And then we see Thor fighting. You're right. That was the only thing that was a little wonky was when did that, yep. when did that Thor fight happen? Um, but I mean, th- this is, this is fun. So this issue five of, it's not six, is it? Uh, I don't know. That would seem really short. It's, it's kind of like, um, that's preferable. Spider-Man. It's sure. But on the other hand, there's been a lot of build up. Sure. Um, you don't want just to have one issue of wrap up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. It was fun though. It was fun. I, I had a good time with it. I think uh, at one point I was like, wait, who's drawing this? It must be Russell Dowderman. And the reason that I said that, because he's just doing so much work. It's like this guy whose name I didn't really know just a few years ago has just like, he went through like this vicious boot camp where he, he you know, has to draw every character at Marvel and all of these yep. huge action scenes. Um, there was a thing where like we, we touched back to Gorilla Man and I was like, oh, here it comes. Nope, not now. <laughs> Yeah, he's just in one panel holding yeah. uh, brew. Oh, yeah, that was another moment, too, where uh, they're in Antarctica, and um, Agent Roz and Jane Foster, who are both mortals, are the ones fighting the Minotaur, which seems dumb. Um, <laughs> and then she, I guess she kills him, or she stabs him with her, like, spear, Gunir. And then we cut to the next page as Asgard now, and I guess that's Jane Foster again talking to Heimdall. Like that was another one. There was, that was my problem with this. It was a couple of times where the timeline went wonky, and I was like, I don't know where what page when is, what. is the Antarctica scene. Uh, that is 
14. Okay. And it's yes. the next okay. page. Is that Jane? I assume that's Yes, Jane. it is. I went back and forth over this for a while. And then oh, Heimdall calls her Lady the, Jane. Yeah. Yeah, it says in the in the in the caption. Yep. Um yeah. Just, you know. I guess that would be a problem with the issue. It would be that they didn't really tell you when they were flashing back and forth. I think that, I mean they they, they kinda did. I just don't think it was that clear. But also I, I don't know if I think sometimes all the time jumping that they do in comic books now is nece- not really necessary. Yeah, I, I would sort of put it down to the fog of war. Mm-hmm. Like everything is happening very quickly yeah. and so we're jumping around. But um, I did. I only noticed it with the Thor page. So yep. I guess I didn't notice what that page was. Like, wait a minute. Yep, but, I had a couple of those. And I don't – I just generally don't like in comics where I feel the need to flip back. Now, sometimes that's my fault. But I, I was like, I don't think this is my fault. Um, for once in your life, you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll take the blame. I'm I'm very good at that. Um, but you know, it was super fun. It was beautiful to look at. You know, it did feel like we're getting to a culmination point. These are these are these are not it didn't really take away from the experience. It's been it's been so far a really fun uh, event, as it were. I didn't so, read the um, Journey to the Mystery one because I read issue. We read issue one. That was a pick, that was a patron pick. Yeah. Issue two, I made it about. A quarter of the way through, I was like, I don't really, I don't really care about this. <laughs> so I stopped. So the funny thing about this from the McElroys, I mm. guess, uh, out writing, um, it's, I guess that's supposed to mean something to me. I bet, I bet the millennials know, but the Gen X kids. We, we, we talked about this. The, I know. The first time. I, I remember they're podcasters. They're podcasters. But even that, and then that just creates that creates feelings of resentment. Sure. That creates feelings of. And anyway. Um, Either way, I remember I actually liked the first issue, and I was sort of – I'd forgotten about it, basically. And so I read four without having read since oh. one. Oh, wow. I had not been going through it because I was like, oh, yeah, I liked all these characters together. And and much the same thing. I guess I didn't have a chance to get tired of it because I was like, oh, this is really fun. But I also didn't really feel like I needed to have read the issues that came before it. Like, now they have the baby – that they were looking for, but it turns out because the baby was uh, conceived in Muspelheim, uh, right. it, it, the baby's got some searcher in it. So there, uh-huh. there's it's a little bit demony. Um, and then you've also got uh, the Ares, the god of war, driving a semi truck that is sort of flaming and smoking because the searcher is inside the cab or in the the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also looking for the baby. And of course, at the end. Uh, you know, he gets the baby, and then so the end will be them getting the baby back. But there's some really great sequences in here. There's some like lovely cartooning, um, from Andre Lima Araujo, who I believe right. is a, who I believe is a listener. Um, I've seen him pop up a lot more over time, but I really like the cartooning. I love the layouts in this book. There's a bunch of characters that are getting juggled around. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really easy for some of these new Marvel characters. I used an NU there to get annoying. Right. Yeah. Um, but. I, I like handled the right way and having them all together. It was a, it was a fun grouping. I think Balder. Remind the people who the grouping are. Uh, let's see. We got Balder the Brave. We got Kate Bishop. We got the Deathlock girl. Um, mm-hmm. We got uh, Thori the dog. Um, and then I don't know who the Stephen Strange equivalent is. There is a schism in my house currently uh-huh. over Thori. Oh, I'm sure. Where one of us really likes Thori. Uh-huh. One of us really doesn't like Thori. One of us has a show and talks about how they don't like Thori. Right. No, I, I, I'm following. Uh, Thori in this talks a lot. 
Thor is basically a completely sent- sentient being who explains things in this, and it's mm-hmm. a it's kind of annoying and it's not um, canon. I was gonna whatever it is, right? But I'm fine with the joke. It actually doesn't bother me if if if. if Given the choice, if I could write a dog that talks normally but pretty much has dog thoughts, this is what it would sound like, and I do find that a little hilarious. Now, it's a definite chance that you could uh, overdo it. Then the, the one other thing is uh, their safe house. They're running out of money. Uh, they don't know what to do, but they end up getting a suite at a hotel in, I guess it's Vegas or something like that, one of those towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and <laughs> the conceit is that while the War of the Realms is going on, the henchmen have nothing to do so so they're having a convention at Henchfest. So, like, it's just all of, like, hand guys and aim guys and hydra guys, just like the mid-level red shirts That's funny. Um, are all there. And they discover <laughs> there's a bit where uh, it, Wonder Man wants to go there, basically. And Wonder Man's also on the team. And Kate Bishop's like, you just wanted to come here so somebody would recognize you. And somebody goes, hey, I know you. But they recognize Hawkeye instead. And that's when the big <laughs> fight starts. And the henchmen don't want to call any of the big guys in because they're like, we can do this, you know? And so, you know, and they're kind of tough and it was fun. It was a fun That's always a good joke. The henchmen, the henchmen in the group without the bit, without the leaders is always a good joke. Yep. I don't ever get tired of that joke. So, uh, you know, it was a fun issue. It was fun to read. I wasn't lost. Have even having skipped two issues. Um, I really like the cartooning and the coloring. Uh, it was a good time. Maybe I'll look at it. Mm -hmm. I do like that joke. Although you just told it to me. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's better than what I said. <laughs> okay, I'll take <laughs> There's a couple of, there's a cat, there's a cat man and a lady who are like running the convention and they have this sort of ongoing thing in the background, which is really funny too. Um, okay, I'll yeah, uh, let us move along. So, Old Man Quill, um, as, as written Hang by, there. as written by Ethan Sachs, um, who, who had done Old Man Hawkeye that, that we both really loved. I, I really think that this has gotten stronger as we've kept going. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. that the original conceit was wonderful. There's this church of whoever, and they're they're trying to track down Peter Quill for reasons I don't remember. Um, but every issue that we've gone through, I've liked. Uh, and I've liked them more as sort of it coalesced, and he sort of gets the feeling of writing these characters. Um, and I guess the big reveal in this one is that um, the the sort of god of this church that they're all going after is is Galactus. Um, and okay. there's been a lot of Galactus lately. It's a little like, over, you know, in DC they'll have things where like, there's a lot of Joker going there is, on. There has been a lot of Galactus, you're right. Yeah, and so between this and Fantastic Four and Doctor Strange, and it's in at least at least three books, maybe more. Um, that being said, like, I, I'm not over the idea of this this world. This is a really fun world, I think. Um, mm-hmm. where you've got uh, w- one of the characters that showed up was Viv, um, the one of the vision, the vision daughter. Um, Viv, yeah, yeah, and she's had like her like the side of her head blown off, so she's sort of like Carl in The Walking Dead, like her eyes missing, but it goes all uh, the way up through her skull. She's got like a taco shape into her head, mm-hmm. and that's just her thing. And you know, so that's the thing that's happening to her in the future. And you know, the the wizened Guardians of the Galaxy's members, I think, by sort of scraping off that edge of youthful impertinence is kind of interesting too. And I think it's being handled well. Um, Do you think it holds together as strongly as Hawkeye did? Cause Hawkeye was very focused, you know, he was on a very focused mission, get, get to this thing and, and stop this thing or kill. No, this thing. I don't think it's as good and I don't think it holds together, but a lot of the elements that I think I liked about the previous story, I think were in here. And this mm-hmm. was the story where, what's this dude's name? Uh, the Ray Pulsar 
Uh, it's like an it's like an energy being has a ton of power. He's contained in a suit, and they're all trying to figure out how to fight him. You know, and they have to come together as a team. And I was like, oh, this feels like Guardians of the Galaxy for probably the first time through here. Um, okay. So that was kind of fun. Uh, you know, it's not great, but I I get increasingly like looking forward to it when I see the cover. Um, Interesting. Well, I'm glad you came around on it. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's you know the elements of of the skill are definitely there. Uh, I remember Robert, Robertson's pretty good. I don't think it's it's quite up to the Marco Cicchetto, uh level of the other one, but it, well, it does is? the job. Well, right, exactly. So I wasn't sure if I was going to read Black Cat, Black Cat number one. Um, I saw it on the list, and on the little pre, you know little screen on my iPad, I couldn't tell who the creative team was because they were very small, the names. And so I said, "Oh fuck it, I like Black Cat. Uh, she was fun, and she's been fun in the Spider-Man books. So I'll just check it out." Mm-hmm. And downloaded it, and it was, it was written by Jed McKay. His name I don't know. He's apparently done a bunch of of smaller side books that I haven't read at Marvel. Um, but art by Travel Foreman, which was I saw a surprise. That. And uh, ever since Animal Man, a lot those many years ago, he's been really one of my favorite artists. He's at least one of my he's one of the most interesting artists mm-hmm. in comics. He's no one draws like him. True. And so I thought, well, that's an interesting choice for Black Cat. That's not what I would expect because, you know, the cover is by J. Scott Campbell. That's what I would expect, not Travel Foreman. So I, uh, I know, the, the, just, the J. Scott Campbell cover, I was like, I don't want that. And then, then right. I saw the Travel Foreman was on. I thought, what a weird contrast. It's a very strange contrast. And what, what you get here is a really fun heist issue. Obviously, she's Black Cat. But it felt a little like Ocean's 8 or 11, whichever one you want to choose. Um she has a small crew. They're 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 they're, they're they go to the, the Frick collection in the museum to 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 do to run a heist and you know there's a lot of there's guys there's security guys who are onto her and then there's a chase and and the, the thieves guild from the Spider Man story gets involved and it's it actually was incredibly fun um, looked great and had this sort of what I was thinking of calling it halfway through was sort of like this sassy attitude to the whole story and then at one point. So one of the characters tells Black Cat she's being cheeky. And I was like, okay, that's also what it is. It's kind of like this cheeky, sassy kind of quality. And uh, she's a really fun. She has these two fun henchmen. And, uh, she, you know, she's a fun character. She's, you know, she's Catwoman, basically. But uh, it was just a really fun, smart heist story. You, know, you get the whole thing in one issue. And then at the very end, there's a reveal in which her old her old mentor shows up he's this old guy you know debonair guy with this great mustache and so clearly that's a problem and then you get a flashback backup story to him as a young man ripping off dracula it was just it was just a bizarre this bizarre fun really fun issue and i almost told you to read it but i didn't want to be too annoying (laughs) so i didn't tell you but um the travel foreman art's really terrific. There's some great pages. There's, it's really once you get into the high speed chase, it gets really high octane. The panels get all wonky and big and strange, um, and uh, really, it's really fun. I don't know what this is. I, I'm sure it won't go that long, but if travel foreman is is drawing it and Jed McKay clearly has a fun take on it, um, I'm gonna stick with it for however long it goes because it was it was a good time. It was a really good time. Well, all right then. Is is yeah. is Black Cat okay now? Yeah, for a while. I, oh, that was I meant to mention that she she's very much the old Black Cat. Although they don't ignore the fact that she was a mob boss at one right. point, you know. So she has, I guess that's why she's more comfortable having like a small crew. But she's not like the psychopath Black Cat from the from those stories. She's totally the old Black Cat. 
but she has a bit she has a bit of that experience in her all right of having been a mob boss but it's totally not that if it was that i wouldn't have i wouldn't have yeah liked it because I, I we both hated that so um this feels very classic cool there's a couple of really terrific pages in here I don't love the way they color Travel Foreman. I think the last time he was on something, I I was like, this is not this is not working for him. It's a little heavy handed. It would be a better in a Matthew Wilson style, but um, it's not the worst I've seen. I feel like his stuff would work well with like like uh, more like a painterly thing that doesn't really cover up any of his marks. Maybe this one know. is very much where they they you know they're doing the muscle the musculature with the colors uh-huh. and that. I don't oh, know. Yeah. yeah, no. I hear you. Quick break to talk about how you can help iFanboy, how you help. can help help support the show, keep the show going. This is how shows work in the modern age. Uh, the most effective way, patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where we, we've talked a lot about the patrons in this first half of the show. Uh, that's where people go to uh, donate to the show, and you get lots of rewards for doing so. One of them is that you can vote to add a page, book to the rundown. We'll talk about that book later, but... Uh, we've already talked about two books that were patron picks already. Um, there's hang, there's monthly hangouts. There is um, patron powers. There's all kinds of things. And we have a stretch goal there. Our next stretch goal is in addition to adding the full-length video and mini shows that we did 10 years ago to our YouTube channel that were taken off the internet, uh, we will do a non-comics media podcast that is once a month, and oh. probably this month, month we would have talked about Chernobyl, I imagine. There's, there's, there's no end to or those, Deadwood the movie. Those are going to get longer. If those happen, they're going to be smorgasbords. It's going to be crazy. Because <laughs> Josh and I spent the whole month talking about Deadwood and Chernobyl, so we probably would have done it for a podcast if you if we hit the next stretch goal. And I hope you like Neil Stevenson, people. That's true. Also, that oh, oh shit. I'll do that in a second after this segment's over. Okay. So patreon.com slash iFanboy is where you can go and help us out get to that next stretch goal. Also, our t-shirt store, iFanboyThreadless.com. That's uh, where you can go. We have our seven shirts, the Herm shirt, Big Luke podcast, ratings, and one is Electro, GDAT, and nothing makes sense, nothing matters. You can get those shirts. You can also get them in on mugs or shower curtains or bath mats, all kinds of things. I've got an iFanboy logo mug that I keep my cocktail stirrers in on my, on my bar. That's so you nice. can you can get that there. Also, I found out com slash support. That's where you can donate via PayPal if you want to do that and not be a patron. Totally cool. Also, I found com slash Amazon. That's where you can go find the books we talk about in our books, Blood shows, as well as the general Amazon link. And all that is how we keep the show going. And we do appreciate it. Keep pays the bills. Pays for our time. Pays for the comics. And so we thank you. Uh, I'll get to the Neil Stevenson at the end of the show. Let's okay. The Don't forget. I'm not going to forget. You know what I forgot to do? I, f- I forgot to talk about the poor lettering in the pick of the week this week. Yeah. It's not oh. a good lettering, but I don't need to do that. It was a good book, but I was... Don't bring like, the party down, Josh. I, I know, but it's important. Okay. There was a bunch of... And the, the tails weren't pointing at the faces, and I was like, who... I mean, it says who did it, but I don't want to... But it was, not, it was not up to my standards, uh, which is like, sort of unfortunate. Um, who wrote this book? <laughs> who's responsible? Give me the phone. <laughs> Get me the phone. Uh, meet the Scrolls number five. This is the end of this miniseries for those of you who think I'm no good at figuring that kind of thing out. Um, I think I was more bullish on this than you. Did you yes. keep reading it? No, I didn't. Okay. That would um, be how you know you were more bullish on it. That's, it is a good indicator. It's a good, yeah, it's usually that's how you, you do it. I think that they ha- it had some problems, this little five-issue thing. Um, but... Uh, at the end, I think it, it turned out as sort of a good overall story. A lot of the little issues that I had, which had to do with sort of confusion about who the hell I was looking at, what would the 
uh, shape-shifting and it being a comic book, making it a little confusing. Um, I, I think it turned out pretty well. And, and at the end, there were some twists and the fights and the family comes together in a way that... For a little while, you weren't sure, like, are the scrolls the bad guys or not? And and that doesn't... That's not a bad dramatic device, but it does make you wonder if you want to read it. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. is there... I wasn't sure who to root for in such a way that... Um, I wasn't sure if I liked it, I guess, in that way. But as I came to the end, and they, they all sort of realize, you know, what, you know, what they're, who they're for, and what they're about, what their platform is. Um, I I realize it's the model, at least for right now in mm-hmm. comics. But you know, this book was put out to capitalize on Captain Marvel, a, a movie that came out a long time ago, mm-hmm. at least in the pop culture sphere. It's sure. already been eclipsed by Endgame. It almost would have been better to make this like. A tray that came out, uh, like an OGN, or just like a 96-page oversized, you know, like a one thing. Like you could you could go to the movie, come back, and buy one complete story. Because no one's coming out of the film who's never read comics, going to the store, buying Meets Girls Number One, and then coming back for four consecutive months. No one's doing that. But so, that's what they want them to do. I mean, that's then, their I know, goal. but they don't do it. They don't. Right. It, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> it would almost more make more sense to make this like a double-sized. You know, cut cut all the fat out. Just tell a meet the scroll story, or it just it just feels old to me because it was something that was meant to capitalize something that happened back in whenever the hell that movie came out, April or whenever. At, it was. The, at the same time, though, this is one of those Nick Lowe books, mm-hmm. and Nick Lowe, uh, I think he's the X Men group editor, but he's also responsible for squeezing in a lot of interesting miniseries. Um, for sure. And, and, you know, he wrote a little bit at the end of this and, you know, he'd been talking to Robbie Thompson, you know, about trying to do something like this for a while. And this was sort of their, they figured out an opportunity to do that. So in the old days, this would have just been, hey, that was an interesting miniseries that they did, you know, and they made sure that Nico Henderson's a great artist and they got yep. Marcos Martin on covers. Like, it's a, it's a good team. They were trying to put together something really good and interesting. And I think largely they succeeded with that. Um, and again, these, these things are never you know, cash money rollers, like it's, it's not a, it's never a really big thing, but, um, I like what they're trying. I like what they were trying. I like what they were going for. I like that it was mm-hmm. different. I like that it was interesting, even if not everything about it was successful, but I'm glad I read it. I'm very curious what you thought of Batman 72, Tom King, Michael Janin, Jorge Fornas, Jordi Belair, Clayton Cowles. Well, for a while, um, if, just, just real quick, Jorge Fornas is, is a delight. I don't even care what the words are. I yeah. just like why yeah. don't all why don't all books look like why don't all Batman books look like this? I mean, I totally know that it's 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 straight up like let's do um, Dave Masekeli year one. Yeah. Don't care. It's great. It's, it's it's great. It really is. Um, there's the page where he sort of stands up. There's four. I'm looking at that page panels. right now. That was what I was going to mention is the highlight of the issue. Oh my god! And there's B- Bane's uh, shadow is across his family. Wonderful. Um, the, the, that's, the tr- that's that's a, that's an amazing page. It's one of the best pages I've seen in a while. I mean, so this was sort of enjoyable because basically it it is a summary of every single thing, single thing that's happened since the beginning of Tom King's run, right. um, which I think was helpful for me because it's been a long time and there were a lot of things and how Bane was right. involved. And- Someone is telling Bane what he did, right? And it is and not telling us. And we turn- the reveal at the end is that it's it's evil Jarrell, yeah. not Tom Tom. Yeah. One of, the, one of those two. It's Evil, evil Thomas Tom Wayne. And because for a while, like at first, like, oh, it's Batman talking. And then you go, that's ah, not Batman talking. Who's talking? Um, which could be annoying, but I think that it was done on purpose. So I think it worked in that way. 
Um, so the timelines were a little, but it was good. Like it also made me feel like, okay, maybe the end of this tunnel is in front of us. Um, but it gave context to a lot of things. It gave context to the wedding and how that happened and why that happened and what the thinking was behind it. And the writing also had a very naturalistic feel to it. I, I remember reading it thinking like, it's almost like this is um, almost stream of consciousness stuff right? about the characters and about what's going on. And, and I, I think that it worked well in that way. You asked me what I thought and then I just talked. No, that's that's because that's I wanted to know. Uh, it was good. I, I, I had the same thought as you did. It was... Um... I thought almost more interesting than good, and then yes. the obviously the Jorge Fornas art was a delight, and I would, as you said, don't even need the dialogue. Nope. Um, all due respect to Tom King, but like it was beautiful. I mean, he obviously he wrote the, the drawings, but um, yeah, it's tough because you know this is issue seventy two. This is this run of we're just going to issue one hundred. So, uh, and I, we, all the stuff that's happened, and you know Tom King's taken off the book. He's going to finish the run in a miniseries. It's still. There's still a lot of issues left. It's a heck of a so, lot of comics. I mean, what was the record? The 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 stand. I mean, the old record was Stan and Jack for a hundred and what? hundred nine. Wasn't much. Wasn't much more than this. You know, that was when Bendis reached it on Ultimate Spider-Man. That was the thing. Right. Um, it, it, my point is, I don't know how close we are to the end of this because we have at least at least as originally planned another twenty-eight issues. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of issues. Well. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not really against it. You know. But who knows? But who knows what's going to happen now with? Yeah, the I, I don't know. But you know, it, this was this was it was part of the same thing that was going on that I've mostly enjoyed. That's what it was. I didn't love how Fornas drew Thomas Wayne in the po- portrait. But other than that, mm-hmm. other than that, he's my guy. He can draw a Batman from now yeah, on. Yeah, he can. I mean, I don't like the. Other, I don't like alternate universe Thomas Wayne. I, <laughs> I just never, don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not going to like it. I want it to not be there. It is there, but it shouldn't be. I'm telling you, if he goes over and kills Jorel, then and they then should, kills himself, they all should kill fine. each other. Yeah, and then like and then like somehow Damien dies as well, and then they hold up a hand for Alfred. Man I know that got solved, but number nine, Chelsea Kane, new artist Elise McCall. Um, I thought this was the best issue of Man Eater so far. Really? Yeah, I feel like maybe things are finally starting happening. You know, we've had nine issues, two of which have been sort of these offshoot you know, goofy magazine issues. So really we've only had about seven issues and I thought the first, I, as I've been enjoying this, I thought the first, you know, five or so, we're really just sort of spinning our wheels with, with within this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now here we've finally taken some movement. So Maud, the main character who's only named once in the whole issue. I feel like the main character needs to be named, named more than that. Um, especially when it's not Batman. I figure that whoever it is, that is uh, coming on board. They, they figured nobody's nobody's starting with this one. Like, if you don't know by now. <laughs> I've been reading them all, and I was like, who the fuck is this character? Uh, what is her name? You um, are old, and you are not the target market. <laughs> anyway, she's she gets sent to to rehab. a rehab facility, which allows Chelsea Kane to do, to do her takeoff on Hollywood rehab facilities. This one's in Malibu. It has the brochure, people doing yoga, and they're having wine on the you know infinity pool and none of that's real it's more like this i don't want to say a concentration camp but it's not like that but it's more like a prison where they they're in these cells that are deep underground mm-hmm. and there's this horrible room at the bottom where they 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 deal with women who are menopausal and um i thought this was funny it's, they've all been funny i thought this was 
thought provoking, development thought provoking. Mm-hmm. I thought um, the art was good uh, with the new artist. A little, it's a little cartoonier than the last art, than mm-hmm. the first artist. Um, and I, and I said, as I said, we we moved forward a little bit. She she's now in this prison. She has started this uh, sort of I don't say girl gang, but they they they've got a plan going. It's a mission. I, I thought the ending was good with they're all singing the in the jungle song. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was creepy. If, if you, you can see it in a film done in a, in a really creepy way, that yep. that was cool. I thought the fact that all the people working at the facility were like hipster dudes was funny. Yep. Um, I liked it. I thought this was I. I had kind of gotten to the point where I was like, am I still liking this? Because it's not really going anywhere. And I thought this issue felt like it was finally going somewhere. Well, I really didn't like that, that last issue. Um, and I suspect yeah. I suspect that was because they had to find a new artist. Could be. That's, that's my guess. Um, just, this happened twice. Yeah, it might be. But, but either way, I, or to, I, to make room. I, I skimmed that one. I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Ryan and I got in a big talk about it. I will tell you a um, couple, couple of quick thoughts. Uh, when there's a thing about the dad dropping the daughter off and, and she, you know, he, 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 she feels bad about it. And you know, the professor Xavier is a jerk page. I was like, no, not the dad. He's one of the good guys we have. He takes her hat away. And then you find out later he's in on the thing. And I was like, oh, thank God. Cause I didn't want the dad to be the guy who wasn't listening to his daughter in this one book. Like they like give her a really good father for who she is and what she needs. And that's what I wanted. Um, right. I just uh, Chelsea Kane is uh, a huge talent. I think she's yeah. funny and imaginative and unique and um and angry. Yeah, and, well, she should be. It sucks what happened I'm not, to her. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's misplaced. I mean, that's what's great about her writing is it comes yeah. through. Uh, all the, the the anger comes through through the form of humor, mm-hmm. uh, but it's never you never forget that she's angry underneath that, which is good. Yeah, the issues are important. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. But yeah, it was it was a good issue and I was glad to see forward progress. Switching gears I was gonna say ever so slightly, but not really. Justice League twenty five, it's pretty much a big gear shift. Um I only wanted to mention this. This is a double sized uh both finale of the sixth dimension story and prelude to Year of the Villain. So there's a the first story is Scott Snyder, Jorge Menes wrapping up their their sixth dimension adventure, which I've actually really liked. I've really enjoyed this this arc. Um, and then then there's a James Tinian and Javier Fernandez story. That's the prelude to Year of the Villain. Uh, I love Javier Fernandez. He used to draw Nightwing. Um, I wanted to mention only so people could be aware of what the setup for Year of the Villain is because it's laid out here. I'm sure it'll be laid out in the other books. But while the Justice League was gone in the sixth dimension – Things on Earth didn't go so well because uh, Mr. Mixie's Pitlick was wrecking havoc. And so Lex Luthor and the Legion of Doom saved the day on Earth while they were off in the sixth dimension. And basically said to everybody, hey, the source wall's broken. The Justice League did it. We're all going to die in about a year because all this stuff's coming from the source wall. We're not going to make it. There's nothing we can do about it. So I'm going to liquidate my holdings, give everybody my money. I'm going to give everybody superpowers who wants it. Let's just be bad guys for a year because we're all going to die. Let's let's really just embrace our inner nature. And I can feel where that's coming from in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was interesting. It's like, fuck it. Let's just burn this place down because we're all going to die. And that's uh, I guess that is the the sort of underlying premise of Year of the Villain. Yeah. I just want people. That's all. All right. Because I know a lot of people aren't reading this book, so, and it was it was, it was interesting. Now, obviously, this is 
comics, so this book isn't really affecting other books. You know, it's a, every every book's really in its own bubble, no matter what the companies say. And so, in this little bubble, this is what's happening. God, I don't like all the underpinnings of it at all. <laughs> Let it burn. Yeah, that's fine. Um, everybody gets what they want. Is, is another way to look at it. Like whatever it is that your your flavor is, then you get that flavor. Hey, uh, so a lot of people came to me and they said, when "Careful." I, when, no, I'm gonna do Don't it. Don't spoil it. I'm gonna. Oh, you can't. I have to. No, the old Walking Dead rules are still in effect. Okay. I'm but reading still, grades. If you okay for you, yes, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So that being said, I'm gonna do my best here. Um. Anyway, a bunch of people. I think that means three. Uh, said to me, "Hey, no, no more than that." There yeah, was a lot more of people than that. saying said you you should read walking dead 192 and um i i've been reading it yeah i i I had i'd had enough like i i just i'd been through you know whatever 100 it was probably 160 170 or something at that point and i was like oh this is never gonna stop and i don't want that um i'd gotten it it was fine i did i didn't like walk away angry or anything but um you didn't like throw your Spider-Man costume in the garbage and walk away. Yeah, I threw my my. I still have my Walking Dead flower pot. That, over, hat. that oversized Walking Dead T-shirt and, fl- and hat. I definitely don't have the T-shirt anymore. I don't know what happened to that. Didn't we give it away or something? Probably. Oh, I don't um, even think we paid for it. We definitely didn't pay for it. Maybe we just gave it back to the booth. I think anyone doesn't know we're talking about. Josh interviewed. Well, yes, they Comic-Con. told me to keep. They told me to keep it, and I was like, I'm not going to wear this shirt, and so I put it back. They made, and they had him. Was it your idea to dress up in all the Walking Dead gear, dead gear to interview him? While we were, while we were doing the interview, while Ron was doing the interview with Robert Kirkman, this was Jesus, oh, right. twelve years ago, right? Um, the, the show the show was just about to start. Yeah. Uh, no, this is after. Yeah. You're right. Whatever. Doesn't it matter. Was first, it was it was the first season because Darabont was there. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um. While they were doing that, I just started grabbing things and putting them on from the booth without asking or doing anything like that. And then I, I stumbled into shots. So nobody had expected that, including me. And I, I rattled Robert Kirkman for the first time I've ever seen. And it was a good time. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> walking in 192, uh, a, a, a character dies. I mean, I can, I can, the context clues lead me to believe I know what's going on. I just feel like. As a comics community, we all had agreed on something. Sure. Everyone had agreed, this is the book we don't spoil. And all of a sudden, I see people going, well, you know, the thing with the guy. And I'm like, okay, well, my I, I don't see how about. I don't see how you will make it to reading the trade for this. Well, I mean, I mean, to, all, to be fair to the people, find people making the book, no one really talked about the book anymore. It's a good this point. Is the first time, this is the first time anyone's really talked about it forever. So, yeah. I, 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 I feel like I know what happened. Anyway, uh, because I haven't been reading it, I can't tell you it made a big impact on me. Right. Um, I see how it is significant. Um, I thought it was well done. But at this point, most of what I remember about this book is that a character dies and then the other characters have to come to terms with it. Right. Um, I think the most interesting thing about it was how much things had progressed since I left. And I, I was impressed by that, but not enough to be like, oh, man, I got to get back on this. Like, right. basically, there's, I don't know, they called it the Commonwealth, I think. There's... Virginia. Uh, oh. No? No. no like Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Basically, they'd set up a a more of a, a like, a, a society with a government. Right. And, and, like, at one point, one of the characters was like, I was going to go get some pancakes for breakfast. And I was like, they have restaurants again. 
you know, <laughs> things like that. I was like, oh, so it was kind of interesting. It was like, it's like visiting an old friend who you haven't seen for a while, but don't really have anything in common with anymore. Right. That's what it felt like. Um, but, you know, if you're there for it and you want to you want to keep reading it, you can. Also, I think that the change that happened is probably a good thing. Um, and if well, I 192 I, issues in, I think any major. If I'm yeah. Robert Kirkman, I, I'm I'm happy for the challenge of that because I think it gets real easy to be like, well, I know exactly who this person is there. There are no things left to learn. You know, you've explored every element, which they don't care about in mainstream comics so much because you're right. trying to keep it the same. But at a certain point with this, and then what you get with mainstream comics is that you get different interpretations on the character, and he can't do that. Right. So. So what's the record? Is it Cerebus? <coughs> 300? Is that the record? I think so. So he's got, he's still got a ways to go. Yeah. Uh... I, there might be some other, like, elf quest or something like that that's gone on longer that I don't know about. You know what I mean? I right. I think it's Cerebus for things that most people would know And about. we're talking about, like, single creator-owned... And obviously there's a team on this, but it's basically the same team since the, since the issue seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Probably Kirkman that. Kirkman writing... I'm not talking, like, 2000 AD, which has had tons of different stories and different creators working on it. I'm talking about, like, single vision indie book and yeah. I think it's Cerebus I think it's Cerebus I feel like that's it and that's 300 issues for sure he can knock out another 100 issues oh it's not I don't think it's a problem at all I think he's gonna go on forever they just left the big the other big thing in this is at the end was this was Stefano Gadiano's last issue and he's been Funny. inking since the all out total war what was like 112 or so like that right. um, and uh, Adlard's gonna go back to inking himself Oh, and Cliff Rathburn does the gray tones, but um, they had they had needed something to speed that up, and I thought that was interesting. They weren't going to bring another anchor in. Don't leave out Russ Wooten, the sheriff of Tombstone, as a letterer. <laughs> I won't. I sheriff won't Wooten. Uh, those are the books we want to talk about. It was a good week. Yeah, it felt it felt like a smaller week than the fifth week we had last week. The 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 amount of books each week over the past month or so have been weird. Maybe because all the books were basically normal size, as Maybe. opposed to every book being three quarter, three size. Uh, so let's talk about the patron pick. We mentioned it earlier, patreon.com slash ifanboy. Every Wednesday morning, the voting opens up there, and you can vote through, through Thursday afternoon to add a book to the rundown. Everyone is able, able to vote. It's a fun time. We get to watch the results. This week was a tight four-book race until the very end, in which The Incredible Hulk last call, number one, from Peter David and Dale I never could pronounce this as a kid. Keown. Keown. Dale Keown. Mark Farmer on inks with Mark Deering and Walden Wong and Scott Han, a lot of anchors. Peter Steigerwald with John Starr and colors. Corey Pettit on letters. This, And so this, which they don't tell you till the end, which I thought was a mistake. Because the whole time I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? Um, but then they tell you at the end, basically, for the 80th anniversary of mo- most of these characters, they are pr- bringing together... One-shot issues by classic teams, and Peter David and Dale Keown were was probably the best-known Hulk creative team. They, Peter David wrote Hulk for 12 years in the 90s, 80s, 90s, and much of that, much of the best work was written, drawn by Dale Keown. I read some of it, not not nearly all of it. That was my question. My, my buddy Patrick, who used to do some work for us many years ago, he he was a big fan of this run, so I would read him the books at his house, and I would I dip in and out. That's that's one of the runs I always wanted to be able to read someday. I have a feeling like it's I would really Dick. like that run. If I had read it, I would have been a, like a total. Uh, I think so too. 
Um, Acolyte. And so they bring him back this, this team together. I don't know the last time I read a Peter David book. He's still he's still he had he, a stroke a number of years back, and so his his work sort of dropped off quite a bit. Um, I mean, this is weird, but I liked it. Yeah, I'd say that's about uh, right. It, it there was definitely a thing where only weird because I didn't know what it was. Now that I know, know what these books are, the next time I see one, I'll know what it is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's I kept also, going, is this, is this a miniseries? Like, I, I'm not, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure how to interpret the story because if it's a miniseries, you're looking at it a different way than it, as a one-shot. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't know what I was reading. That's all. What am I re- What was I reading? Because I don't know. Like, is it a miniseries? <laughs> this? No, it was yeah. just a one-shot. It was just one-shot? Yeah. Okay. And it was. I guess it was like a continuing... It was supposed to exist in the world of his run, not really paying attention to what's happening now. Yeah. That's the way yeah, that yeah, I yeah. looked at it. Yeah. Um... And having not read that, I or think an evergreen of, story. Really. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting about it says last call. You can't can't do more after that. Um, first well, of all, I think in both the case of the artist and the writer, what I came away with is that they're both really good, mm-hmm. and they don't stick out a ton now in contrast to what's being done. But there is a difference um, in in sort of styles of the eras. Um, like the writing is a little different than you read in most comics now, like Peter David's style, which was very modern and forward thinking at one time. And now it doesn't feel that way as much. And it's the same thing with, with Del Keown. I was like, oh, I really, I like this art, but it doesn't quite feel like something you'd see a lot of now. It, it didn't. I mean, I, again, I'm not an expert, but I did read his I did read some of this and then I did read his indie book, which was basically just the Hulk again, like all the books in the 90s were when they left Marvel. Right. Um, I remember being more dynamic and I think it shows more when he draws the Hulk, when he drew the regular people, I think I couldn't tell if it was the inkers or what, but it didn't, it didn't, I didn't open the book and go, wow, it's Dale Keown again. It was like, Oh, that's weird. Why does he look like this? I don't know if that's the way he just draws now. Cause that could, that could be too, but uh, it wasn't exactly how I remember Dale Keown being. It also could be my memory being faulty. And that's also possible. Sure. Um, I, no, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, it was kind of like, I wouldn't have read this. Actually, that's not true. I went to read this. I saw that it was Peter David, and, and it's one of those things like, I've always wanted to read, so I was like, well, I'll get a little taste of it and see how it goes. Um, but it wasn't. didn't blow me away, really. It's, it's mm-hmm. weird, because we've also got whatever's going on in, what's the other, what's the book? The What's the book right now? The Invincible the, Hulk? Or? The Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk. It's a that's a weird take on the Hulk, and there's yeah. several different Hulks in it, which again is I think a Peter David thing. Um, I have a little so I have a little trouble sort of like nail down where the Hulk is right now or what he's supposed to be. It's one of those things where there's just a lot of different versions of the character, and so it doesn't feel like there's a definitive one right now. Um, yeah. So sometimes it's hard to so when there's not a definitive version, and then somebody does an alternate one, it's hard to pin that down. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that's what it felt like a little bit. But I liked it. I had fun reading it. Yeah, I, I think that would that would be. I also had fun reading it. That would be my take my take on it. Um, so let's do ratings on it. Ratings. Uh, well, let's just real real quick. It's basically, if anyone hasn't read it, it's Bruce Banner calls Suicide Hotline. Says basically he he's he wants to end it because he's racked with guilt over Betty dying because of the Hulk, and he's hired an assassin who's going to shoot him or not shoot him depending on 
the signal he gives and the whole the whole conversation is basically him talking to this suicide person a hotline person until she gets attacked by this guy she met at a bar it turns out is is mr hyde and so he has to save her and then decides to call off the assassin who is a real to be deadpool it was yeah. the 90s all over again it was but but it was also like with tinges of now yeah i was like oh this is deadpool from now or i don't know i didn't read it then um Here's the thing. The only thing I thought is that there's all these things about how every time he's tried to kill himself, the Hulk has shown up and it, you know, and I was like, if you have to give a hand signal to somebody, the Hulk is going to (laughs) know and just transform. But whatever. That's why he's 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 a good scientist. He's not good at planning. He's not good at logistics. He's bad. He's bad at killing himself. He's a terrible suicider. Ratings Ratings. is ratings. I'm going to give it a. uh... I'm going to give it a 3.75 out of 5. Okay, I was going to go for 3.2. Somewhere between 3.25 and 3.5. You saying 7.5 makes me want to lean more toward... I'm still going to go with 3.25. Okay. It was it was enjoyable. I think that if I had read it before, I bet I would have gotten more out of it. Mm. That's my guess. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where everyone can vote uh, to add a book to the rundown, every patron. But if you give it the $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show. Kick it off, Josh. Ryan Devitt mm-hmm. will make sure that um, nothing, no no beverages within a five-foot radius of him will lose their carbonation. He's a carbonator. He's a carbonator. But not not like he doesn't have to hold it. It's just in his radius, things mm-hmm. are carbonated. Yeah, what like, about so things that aren't supposed to be carbonated? No, no. He doesn't carbonate things. He just maintains their carbon, their state of optimal carbonization. I see. So it'd be like if you were at a table in a restaurant, say it's one of those uh, like six people at a round table, something kind of thing. Everybody there is good. Yeah. I don't have to worry about their, their stuff going flat. While he doesn't make things carbonated that weren't carbonated, however, if you order something that should be carbonated but is not but is flat, like their their you know, their CO two thing went the went, machine's dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll fix that's that'll be fixed. That'll it'll be what it should be. What if he's sitting near the machine? Does he fix the machine? Well, theoretically, the the stuff that comes out of it, then, if he's if the machine is within his his orbit, the mm-hmm. stuff that comes out will all be good. But if it doesn't stay within his orbit, then they will lose their oh, carbonation. So, like oh, wait else. a minute. So, okay, but it won't go flat immediately because it came out of the machine carbonated. Right. Yeah. No. He. Right. That's he fine. maintains it. It's like in if, college. If, go ahead. In college, I you know. One of my many jobs was at the dining hall, and one of my jobs was to maintain the soda machine. Mm. And that was a pain in the ass. Okay. Yeah. Always make sure that thing's carbonated. Oh, Coke's are flat. You got to do the CO2 tank. Those are heavy. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was fun. I don't know if they still do it like that anymore. Who knows? Probably just kombucha machines. <laughs> Patrick M. Coyle. Can make sentient balloon animals. Ooh. His balloon animals become sentient. Okay. So he makes a he makes a lion out of balloons. The lion then now there's a lion, a balloon lion. Now it's still a balloon. You know. Mm-hmm. But it's, and it's, therefore it's, it's vulnerable to all the things that a regular balloon would be vulnerable to? Sure. Yeah. I bet his sentient balloon animals are pretty anxious. <laughs> so, you know. There's good and bad here. If I was a balloon, I don't think that I would want to be aware of how vulnerable I was to the environment. 
So wait, what you're saying is if I touch anything, I'm gonna pop. But if I just sit here, I'll probably also lose my air. Yeah, that's about right. No, no. It, it, in much of the way that animals aren't generally aware of their own their own mortality, okay. sentient balloon animals are not aware of their I don't, vulnerabilities. I don't know that that's true because I've seen a lot of squirrels and those fuckers look nervous. <laughs> That's, that's the closest I've ever come to a, a extemporaneous Mitch Hedberg joke. <laughs> Those squirrels are nervous. They shouldn't be around here at all. Look at their eyes. They look like meth addicts. Anyway. Sentient balloon animals. Sentient balloon animals. Yeah. Sentient. Joseph Fernandez has polish hands. Oh, God damn it. This is not, I don't have that, but I'm similar. So that well, just you can do it anyway. Oh, yeah. He's got polish hands that will... That will restore the f- surface finish of, of any of a variety of surfaces. Right. So it's not – so, for example, you got to do the car, right? Now, that's going to mm-hmm. require a different level of polishing speed and, and grit application than, say, an antique table. Right. So whatever that item requires to be polished optimally, uh, then he will do that. For example, some things have more of a tactile or matte finish, and if you were to go in and polish them really hard, they would turn into a gloss finish, which is not what you'd want. This right. is not going to be a problem for Joseph. He's going to have the right – it's going gonna, it's gonna to get to the right level of polish and cleanliness. His cars are beautiful, though. Always beautiful. Always. How much, how, how much work is involved? Well, he doesn't have to like rub his hand back and forth like, like the Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Like he just sort of – when he touches the surface, it becomes – Polish. I see. Instant, instant polish. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he runs his hands over the car or whatever. Or, or you know, cleans the table up. Or, for example, in, in, a, in a microfiber situation, eyeglasses, uh, LCD sure. screens, things like that, those are good too. All the wood in his house is gleaming. Yeah, or not, as the case may be. Ainsley Knox, who sounds like a Civil War general, or actually a Revolutionary <laughs> War general. Uh, similar, not similar, but similar power set. Uh, Ainsley Knox has uh, basically Xanax hands. So if if Ainsley Knox were to, you know, put her hand on your arm or whatever, touch your skin, you know, you could calm you could calm right down. That's nice. Calm down, relax. The 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 medicinal effects of Xanax. I have a question for you: Is Ainsley Mm -hmm. only a female name? No. Or can it also be a man's name? Both. Okay, that's what I thought. So I don't but, know which, but that's we, that's. Do you need a prescription to be with no, Ainsley? No, no. Okay. Technically speaking, I mean it's not exact. It's not actually the Xanax, but it's the effect of Xanax. I see. I was I was gonna say calm hands, but I thought Xanax was funnier. Uh, it's not like she's giving you or he's giving you who Ainsley's giving you. You know, actual Xanax. It's the effect of it. It's the calming. Relaxing, you know, anti-anxiety affecting of it, of of the hands. That's nice. That's nice. But you can, I mean, you want to be careful is, of like the like. I assume there's control over it. Ainsley, Ainsley gives you a little pat on the shoulder. You're not going to fall asleep, right? Right, right, right. I mean, there's 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 an art to it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Patreon.com slash iFanWest where you can get your superpowers. Thanks to everyone who signs up to support the show. We do appreciate it. We enjoy giving you your powers. Now, as promised, despite the fact that we are still somehow long, uh, let's do some user, listener mail, user mail, listener mail, viewer mail. They're not, not viewers. viewers. 
Andrew M., I'm curious what you think about the modern use of decompressed storytelling in comics. Even though I've been enjoying each issue of the current Captain America and Shazam runs, I keep feeling like not much ground has been covered in either series. I find this even more frustrating when the writer isn't on the book very long. Do you feel this way, and how much of your current pull list do you think is too decompressed? It's an interesting question because I think it's valid, but I don't think it's something I think about a lot. Well, it's been like 20 years since they've been writing this, written this way. I mean, I think the answer really is that I want some things to be like that, and I don't want other things to be like that. But when he brings <laughs> up the, well, when he brings up the case of you know Captain America and Shazam, I think that's correct. I think that those books are good and interesting, but it does feel like I'm treading water for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shazam one's a good case. One of those issues came out this week, and yeah. I was thinking about this in in relation to it. And I don't know. Some things feel like like a little breakneck speed is fun. Like you're like, oh, we're just we're flying through. We're getting stuff done. Like old comics. This is when we talked about, you know, uh, we just talked about the the Daredevil um, Born Again storyline, or we had done, yeah. you know, we talked about the Superman. Like any of the old books we talked about from the '90s, they moved a lot faster than these. And it was enjoyable, but that might just because it was novel. And there's other stories, though, where that, that speed really lets you do characterization and stuff that they weren't able to do in the past. Yeah, I mean, it almost really depends on the story, the characters, the story being told. Like, it, sometimes it feels too slow, and other times it feels just right. It really just I mean, I think a good example of this would be people's all over the place opinions on Batman. You know, some people think it's, it's way too slow. Some people are enjoying the character. And it really just depends on tastes and the story being told, I think. I mean, obviously, yeah. we've been, we've been 19, for 19 years, this has been the dominant form of storytelling. So it's just the way it is at the, at the moment until, some, until a book comes along to change everything. That's what the authority did to come along and make you create this this zeitgeist, this the way comics are made. And then and sometime another book will come along maybe and change it again. But... Um, you know, for 19 years, there've been good and bad comments. <laughs> sometimes it's too slow, sometimes they're not too slow. Yeah, I think it has to do with the the story, the intention, you know, whatever the the point is the creators are trying to get across. I will say I haven't felt that way about Shazam. No? I'm trying to think about Captain America. Captain America's been monthly, so it's hard to say because everything's so broken well, that, now. That's the other thing. The fact that the double shipping has really messed my, my, my view of this because it's hard to tell what's Right, because if it was... If some of these books were, that were coming out twice a month were coming out monthly, it might feel like a more more of a slog. Yep, I, I'm, I'm definitely I, sure. I, I, don't, I just don't think about about Shazam, but then again, that's if you do, that's totally that's totally fine. That's valid. I think I think my my case with the slowness slowness is a very relative term in this case has more to do with the fact that it does ship monthly, and so it feels like forever. Was this last but one also, late? I don't know, but this it felt like this week's you know stuff happened. The story moved forward. Yes. So, but it just know. feels like it took us a long time to get here, maybe. But I, I think that has to do. I, I think this issue was late. That's my guess. It could be, but I'm not sure. But also, I think I, I think also because it's taken four months or five months to get to a point where other books would be two and a half because of the shipping. Right. Yeah. No, we're all we're screwed up. Like like it's it's messed up our expectations for sure. Yep. But double shipping, at least for DC, will be done at some point. Thank yeah. God. Well, and then it's gonna be all screwed up because Marvel will be double shipped, and then it's gonna get all it's gonna get all fucked up. We'll see. Next, next email. Justin F. of Kentucky says, So I've had to pack up a bunch of comics for a move, and it made me go through old comics that needed to be properly stored so I could have, so I could eventually be entombed with them. Anyway, finding <laughs> like old... Like a sing- mummy. 
Yeah, well, obviously. Uh, finding old single issues of events made me wonder, who does event comics the best? Jeff Johns had a good streak and writes a damn good comic. But Bendis has done so many. Or maybe Marv Wolfman, not sure. Bendis wrote my favorite, which was Siege, uh, which was short, tightly written, and didn't make me buy 30 tie-ins. It's a tough question because I don't immediately think of things that come to mind as in who is in charge of them. And also, the events are so fraught. They're also so kind of irrelevant. Um, even though we're really enjoying the War of the Realms, it's not like it's it's taken over the Marvel universe. You know, when Civil War happened, basically all the Marvel books were about that event, uh, for good or for ill. You know, and so. You could totally be not reading any of the War of the Realms books and not have any idea it's actually happening. Um, yeah. And then what everybody wants out of an event is a different thing. And all the, also, again, depends on the quality and the execution. We, I remember we really liked Siege because it was so short and tightly written. But I don't know, you know, I don't know how effective that made it as an event because it didn't really feel like it, um, again, was important. Well, I mean, I think the thing that comes down to it is, I, I mean, you, you and I know have been talking about this for years. Like, what is an event? And I don't think it's a thing. I think it's a, it's a, it's a thing we're made to think. And and some things are crossovers, and they like I like the word crossover. Crossover right. makes sense to me. Like in a way, every superhero comic should be an event. Yeah, and and events used to be. I really do think they used to be different because they used to take over the line. Um, at least in a, more, in a bigger way than they do now. And I, I would be very curious to talk to people at the companies and see how the, the sales actually still do. Mm-hmm. They must still do something because they wouldn't keep doing them if they didn't. Um, they wouldn't just do them out of inertia. Uh, so they must still raise the sales on a lot of these books. I mean, I think that it's it's a hit or miss kind of thing where one that hits, one that works, you know, really does make an impact. Your Civil Wars. Right, it's so um, that they're still chasing that, that dragon. And Mark, so their their creators who are going to come in, some of them are going to have an idea and they're going to want to do it. Like like every not even just like creator, but every sort of team of of editors and writers at those um, retreats and things like that, they are going to want to come. Like, well, how do we how do we match what we did with Civil War? You know, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's Civil War too, and sometimes it's Fear itself. And sometimes it's War of the Realms, and they all have various scopes depending on what else is going on. But I don't know how much that has to do with the the single writer. And also, like Bendis did Siege, but he also did a Secret Invasion, which I thought was a disaster. And yeah, yeah he's, um, he's he's done both sides, and then he's doing this he's doing this Leviathan. Leviathan thing now. It's know. called Event Leviathan. They put it in the title. Well, I guess then we can't argue with that. Um, and I hope it's good. But obviously, you know, I. I I think your golden age of events in the modern comics world it was we had S- Civil War and Infinite Crisis very close together, and then we had Secret Invasion and Final Crisis coming out at the same time. And I think ever since then, it's sort of been they've been kind of irrelevant. You because can tell I, me if you if you go back when the, when Siege when when not Siege when Secret Invasion and Final Crisis were coming out at the same time, if you go back on iFanboy.com. That's all anybody was talking about the whole time because yeah. it was sort of t- it sort of took over the community, and I think because Final Crisis was so polarizing and Secret Invasion was so disappointing for the most for most people, uh, it sort of broke people on events. I feel like that one two punch because mm-hmm. it hasn't been. I, I haven't felt the same way about events since then. I just take them all with a grain of salt now. 
I just don't feel like, you know, it's like, okay, I'll read it. But if I don't read it, it's fine, too. Yeah. It used to be where important things happened. Important characters died or came back or yeah, but that's status, make- status quo were set. You know, like the worlds were changed. It quotes something like, you know, status, yeah. by status quo. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm really enjoying War of the Realms. I don't expect anything really major to change in the Marvel Universe because of it. Well, the, the than, fact is but, now nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. We didn't know that then. <laughs> but now it is like you look at that and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Marvel Wolfman. Obviously. Contact.ifanboy.com. That's where you can write us in or send in your audio clip. Somebody did, did that late this week. Did not in time for the show, but well, maybe next week it'll be on the show. Uh, what, what's coming up, Josh? Or has happened? Or well, we put out our um, booksplode of Daredevil Born Again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, a good time was had by both of us who had read that. And the vast majority of people who had read it in the past... Or uh, the ones I really like, the ones who had never read it and went to it and went, wow, you guys weren't kidding. I really, that makes me feel good. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's a thing that happened. If you haven't, you know, that'll be there forever. You can go ahead and check that out and, and read it or, or listen if you haven't. Um, definitely recommend that. Uh, then by the time you listen to this, Connor, what will, what will most yes. likely exist? No, no. I, I mean, I'm not going to put a stake in the ground in case there's like an earthquake, but... Uh... Most likely, you will have the Dark Phoenix show, special edition show, right behind this one on the feed. Uh, it'll have come out probably Saturday, as this show comes out Sunday, where Paul Montgomery and I talk about Dark Phoenix, which is the name of the movie, not X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Um, you you pretty much burned your last bridge with Paul. I mean, yeah. you, you, for, like, you, can't, you can't be asking him to help you move or give you a no. airport ride at this point. Paul, I also need a kidney. <laughs> um so yeah, I so if you want to hear nice, clean kidneys. Oh my god, his liver is pristine. Yeah, ooh, that's a good idea. Uh, so if wait, you wait, wait, to farm Paul Montgomery's organs. <laughs> <laughs> um, shh. So uh, yeah, so right behind the show on the feed, you'll find our Dark Phoenix show in which Paul and I talk about the last X Men film, unless the New Mutants actually comes out, which I. I would not stake my life on. Uh, anyway, the last of these films, uh, we'll be talking about it. What do all we right. think? Go check it out and find out. It, where, where is that located? ifanboy.com. That's where you can find all of our podcasts, this show, our special edition shows, our books blows, our talks blows, our old articles. If you want to go back and see what the community was thinking about Secret Invasion and Final Crisis 10 years ago, you can go back and find all that stuff at ifanboy.com. It's all there. You can also find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following us at ifanboy on Twitter and also at ifanboy comics on Instagram. Follow us there where you can get not only find out about the pick, but you can also get the best of the week in panels feature, which we've been doing, which we brought back a couple months ago. So that's a fun time. All that's happening at ifanboy comics on Instagram. And also individually, we are at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and at CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. Here's what I know. We, mm-hmm. we ask people uh, support the show bunch of different ways you can do it directly you can donate you can do these things and then the one of the last things we always say if you like the show leave a review talk about it be the street team uh and i, I can tell you something those of you at home who are thinking i wish they'd stop saying that uh, i hate to tell you it works i've seen more <laughs> of it the more i've been doing it um which means people are listening to me and following up and taking action um by by recommending the show and we we see that when it happens on social media and things like that and uh, we also we, say leave a star rating on itunes and now it's dead there's no more iTunes. Well, there's yeah. So I on Apple Podcasts. 
I guess. I don't use it. Well, wherever it is you do that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure that whatever the Apple app for podcasts is, that's where you would do it. And it's been that way on your phone forever. So we'll have to see how this shakes out and where the wherever you listen to podcasts, review star rating. For us or any podcast you listen to, that'd be very helpful. Well, I haven't – I don't know if there's an aggregator for reviews or anything. I know there's lots of aggregators for downloading things. Right, but but for years, I don't think like the what what's going on on your phone will change, other than the fact that I stopped using Apple Podcasts a while ago. Leave a review for this show wherever it is. Yelp, I don't care, or or whatever shows you like. It's really this okay. isn't even just about us. It's about the show. I don't want to like. see our Yelp reviews. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I believe there's Facebook reviews. You can leave Facebook reviews. Please don't do that. Um. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll we'll sort out the technical side. Uh, when these, when these changes actually go into effect. Sure thing. That's 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 all I have for this week, man. Well, I was going to say, and I meant to say at the top of the show, and I had a whole bit planned, now it's ruined, is that I resented every minute I had to read comics this week. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Because it was a minute I wasn't reading Fall or Dodge in Hell from Neil Stevenson, the new Neil Stevenson book that came out this week. I'm, already, I'm flying through it. In every every other moment I've got, but I was reading my comics going, I don't want to be reading this. I did have a, quite a bit of that. I want to be reading Neil Stevenson. Yeah. You're going to be done a lot sooner than I am. I just know in like three weeks I have a cross-country flight where I can make a good dent. Before then, it's going to be catch-as-catch-can. I'm on the the point with any Neil Stevenson book, almost any Neil Stevenson book, where I'm like, were this a normal book, I would be like a good percentage done. 33%, yeah. 50%, some books... Where I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about it. Uh, Have you hit the momentum part though? I think so. The part um, where you're like, "Oh, I get it," and then you can't stop. I hit the part where I really wanted to talk to you about it, but I know you're not at that part, so I've been trying not to to bring it up. That's um, that's the tough thing about books. I'm reading books yeah. from the past right now. I'm reading you. I, you read, which is a Neil Stevenson moment. Uh, you read. The Cobweb, which was from 1996, yep. which I, I had just recently listened to an audiobook of. And after I finished that, I started listening to uh, Interface, which is the 1994 book uh, with him and the same co-writer, um, which is not as good as The Cobweb, but still interesting enough that it's worth your time. And I'm just about done with that. And it's the same thing. Like I'm like, oh, this is an interesting thing to talk about. And because we are all part of this culture you know, where everybody's watching things at the same time and you can talk about stuff on social media with your friends or whatever as it's happening. When you read a book that's 25 years old, uh, <laughs> it's not quite as relevant to the people. You have to really pick your audience for that. Well, it, it for sure, but it's also tough because I know you're reading it. You're just behind me because yeah, and will be for some time. And I was like, last night, I was like, oh, yeah, Josh, never mind. I'll tell you about it in August. Yeah, there are moments like that in Interface. Uh, and I was like, this is never, I'm not even going to remember it. So, Ron does that with me with the Expanse series. I, he, I'm always like six months behind him. He's like, I wanted to tell you this thing. And I get to the point, I'm like, okay, I got there. What did you want to say? He's like, I don't remember. Yeah. That's no, that's, yeah, that's true. All right. So, there you go. There's your little bit of Neil Stevenson discussion. I'm going to go back to reading that book. And until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Bye. Bye.